we all deserve to have a fulfilled life. We all deserve to feel happy and content and, um, you know, even feel bliss. We all deserve it. And there is a capability to do that. And although a lot of things might happen, traumas might happen, but suffering around it is optional. You know, letting go and, and uh, coming to terms, healing ourselves and moving forward is our responsibility. And I hope that everyone who's listening takes on that responsibility for themselves and for their next generation to take care of yourself, care of yourself physically and mentally, because you deserve to live in a healthy environment that you create. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, hey, come on in again. It's time for the Professor of Perseverance Podcast. And this show couldn't go on if it wasn't for you as a listener. And I want to thank each and every one of you. Hey, we know we always discuss, we talk with people overcoming adversities. We get tips, helpful hints, encouragement to provide hope for the people that are needing it, which is all of us, right? We're all going through something. Somewhere along the line, we're going to go through it again or something different. And so we can use this stuff, this information to help us propel forward in life and live a successful, thriving life. Hey, today, our guest, she says that everyone needs to go through their day feeling clear and fulfilled. She has developed a psychological and education model that supports minimizing depression. We need that anxiety. And it's going to raise your self-esteem and self-confidence. And so here we go. Let's get started. Welcome to the show, Dr. Fujian Zing. Hello. Nice to be with you. Thank you for the invitation. And hello to everyone who is listening to the podcast. And we again, we couldn't do this without you. So because I would get tired of listening to my own voice if I didn't have to. So. <laughs> All right, Doc. Hey, thank you for coming in and taking your valuable time to share with us some valuable information that can help us again get past this depression, anxiety, but on top of it, raise our self-awareness, our self-esteem, self-confidence, and appreciate you coming in again, sharing your valuable time and information with us. Thank you, James. It's, it's great to be with you. And um, uh, obviously, you know, as well as many other people who are listening to us, that the rate of depression and anxiety is going sky high, especially after COVID. And we're kind of, I can't, I can't even say after COVID, during COVID, and as we keep going along. As we're still traveling through, yes. Yes, yes. So not only that for many years, we could see that the depressions either stays or has risen, but the COVID really did a number for all of us for, on both depression and anxiety. One of the things that I've done for the past 30 years as a psychotherapist is really work through uh, what is it that creates our psychological depression. Obviously, there are also chemical um, ways for the depression or anxiety that we, people might need to have uh, medical management. But mostly I'm talking about the psychological aspects and what we could do from the skill building, you know, what is how is it that we're thinking that creates those type of um, <clears throat> emotions? 
what are some of the behaviors that we do that keeps us constantly into this state of depression and anxiety? And as we become more aware of the distinctions between our thoughts, emotions, uh, feelings, and, and uh, behavior, and then how does that impact our life in any type of relationship? And um, how, do, how do we impact everybody else's uh, kind of lives as we're going on? Because we're also kind of like, you know, responsible and accountable to who we are, what we do in our life and what we do in our lives with our children and our mates and, you know, work, um, anybody who's out there. And, you know, even with the issue of COVID, we see more and more how we feel responsible and accountable toward each other in a sense, because now this is something that showed up that, oh, I have to actually take care of myself in order to be able to take care of you as, a, as another citizen. So that's how, it, you know, this concept of it, it, it worked out where I listened and, and learned a lot of the theories from the cognitive uh, the theories, from emotional theories, body, mind and trauma and brought them kind of together and saw what was the best that worked with each one of them and brought them together into this uh, model, which gives us these skills of being aware of who we are today or dualities. Um, you know, thought processes that show up and from different parts and each one of them have different needs. And then, um, you know, the, the false beliefs we have, the fantasy beliefs we hold on to, the wishful thinking, magical thinkings that we hold on to. And um, so sometimes all of those kind of make us makes us more miserable versus creating a fulfillment in our life. So noticing those Noticing which uh, emotions I am so used to and I can say I'm addicted to that even if there's nothing going on right now that would promote those uh, feelings, but I kind of go and bring them up again and feel them again. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, James. Have you ever noticed like there's nothing going on right now in front of you? But we go back and pick up this conversation we had yesterday with somebody that I got pissed at. And I'll bring it back into the present moment and go through the whole conversation and get myself all angered up again and pissed off again and answered to people. So it's almost like you could see sometimes that there are the kind of emotions that um, there's no need for it, but we go we go producing it again or, you know, some sort of anxiety, which all is well. Then suddenly I go back into my mind and go, but what if, what if this happens and then the world collapses? So then there's not reality. Reality is not that at this moment, but I, in my own world, produce a, you know, a, a, a film, which a horror film, which I can scare the crap out of myself at that moment. Right. So, being aware of those thought process, being aware of these emotions that we're used to and keep creating and being aware of our actions, which are out there creating relationships, creating conflicts, creating resolutions, creating and manifesting things we want. Um, and, you know, are, are my behaviors towards self-destruction and harming myself and others or are my behavior is sabotaging my all the stuff, the greatness that I have, or is my behavior healthy, promoting, creating, moving forward? Um, and then how does this type of thought process and emotion and behavior and action impact my overall life and impact the life of other people who are around me and that I'm committed to or that we kind of like co-create life together? 
that would be the first part um, of really uh, focusing on, um, on, on our life and in different areas of life. Like you could do this in, you know, our work, our finances, our intimate relationship, relationship with siblings, with our parents, um, with people at large that are out there, uh, with our own body, with our own illnesses, uh, addictions, any of those. We could kind of start becoming aware. You know, sometimes, James, we have skills and we're amazing in one area of our life, and then we don't transfer those skills to the other area. And uh, we don't have skills in another. So it's, you know, as you become aware of your thought, emotion, actions, and impact, you're still looking at, well, where is it that I am successful in life? How come I'm successful here? How can I take my success and things that work in here and kind of like bridge it to another area of my life that I'm not that successful? And then in the midst of this, obviously our past uh, broken promises, um, unfinished businesses, traumas that have happened are going to keep creeping in. They're going to keep putting their effect because they want us to handle them. Yeah, so that, that, that's one thing I was going to ask is uh, how many people, I mean, I see a lot of people that they want to just continue living in the past instead of letting stuff go and moving forward. And they're holding themselves back much more than life is. Because they just, I mean, they're going 40 years ago, I got a daggum DUI. Now I can't 40 years ago. I don't care if it happened 40 minutes ago. Move on. Do the best you can. You learn from it and go. Absolutely. You're right. And sometimes we're stuck someplace because there's a component in that, that we made it mean something about ourselves or the world. As if like something happened to me and I felt powerless at that moment. And then I make it mean that I'm either bad and I'll never be good. And I never have a luck or, you know, the world is bad. No matter what I do, it's never going to, you know, give me what I want. So you'll see an episode happens. I take my experience and then generalize it and then stamp it either on my forehead or the world. And then I operate from this type of belief system, which is not accurate. And then I get stuck in it. There's something I wanted from my father, from my mother, from my sibling, from my teacher. And that wasn't given to me. And then I'm stuck in that position where after that, I might have a lot of that from other people. But no, no, no. I Because I wanted it from that particular person and didn't get it, then I made it mean I'm not lovable. Then I made it, made it mean I'm not good enough. So it's going back to those spaces and really like dismantling that belief system that, yeah, this was one episode, something happened and connecting that part of you to the to who you are today, which has much more skills than when you were a five year old, six year old, 10 year old, whatever it was. And then bringing those, um, you know, resilience, the strengths, the skills that you have today and combining them with that part, with that part of you that got stuck there. But we have to handle those. In, in, um, in the process that we go through, there is a phase, phase four, that we actually go and handle the traumas, handle unfinished businesses, which we got stuck, and reintegrate. And that's why I call the, um, the theory awareness integration. So we create an awareness, and then we, create, we bring the integration of all the parts that were left somewhere um, and bring it in and integrate it so that we are a whole system. And then we start looking at 
who do I intend to be? Like I can live on automatic self that if I'm, I'm always, and, and then I'm also can have an, a co-creation. I can be an intentional human being. I can say, this is who I intend to be. These are the thought processes that I like to think about. These are the emotions that I like to have. Now, James, we don't have control over the automatic thoughts or automatic emotions that come, but we certainly have control over which one we spend time in, which one we keep going at it. You know, if you meditate, you'll see all these weird thoughts and emotions show up, but then there's only one of them that at any time I can pay attention to. And I can select out of all the stuff that just showed up which one I want to select to put my time and effort and energy on. So then I will have an intention, right? I say, I intend to have, you know, benefiting thoughts, kind forming thoughts, the things that are promoting. Um, I choose not to kind of go into destructive thoughts and then I can assess which ones to me are destructive and which ones are promoting and they're healthy for me. Um, You know, if I sense that, all these emotions show up for me, such as anger and anxiety and sadness. I can hear what the message is and then choose to let go, release that emotion, and then choose to come back and have other types of emotions, you know, just calmness, content, um, you know, enjoyment, happiness, any of those. I could choose to live in those. If I need to choose like music or a beautiful scenery to help me, that's fine. I can get stimulus from outside um, to help me with those emotions. And then what type of behaviors I'm willing to do and I'm not willing to do. Like I can choose, I'm not going to do any behaviors that harms people. I'm not going to say words that I know that harms people intentionally. Um, I mean, I might say something that unintentionally harms someone, but if I know that I don't want to do that, if somebody says, oh, that hurt, I w- then I would say, I'm to- I totally apologize because that's not what I intended to do. Um, I can choose behaviors that are you know, promoting my health, other people's health and all of that. So that way I can also become intentional and move toward my intention in every area of my life, in every relationship, get intentional. What is it I want to create in these relationships? Not only what I want to create in my career and havings, you know, material havings, but what do I want to create in this next hour? Like I'm going to be with James. What do I want to create with James? What what is my intention to create out of this hour? If I'm going to be with my mate, you know, my husband or wife, if if two we have two hours together because we're at work, we got to do with kids and all of that. Can I spend one hour with my mate every night and be intentional that I want to see you, I want to hear you, I want to connect heart to heart, I want to touch, I want to kiss you, I want to tell you that I love you. So one hour per day. I want this to be just us. So you can be intentional about that and then create that space for us. And you can do this in every single area of your life. So you can see, James, that we could be present moment, aware, like a camera on ourselves, you know, inside and out, mm-hmm. uh, clean up the past and completely bring it, like be it. And then we can always, when it shows up again, oh, it, this, there's you here, come on along. You know, I love you, come over, let's, let's be together. And then intentional about the future and kind of vision what you want and then come back to the present moment and align your intention, thought, emotion, and action into getting what it is that you said you wanted to have. And at any point that it doesn't match, then come back and look which one of these wasn't working to get what you want and how to co-create with the world. 
Oh, that's that's awesome what you've said. I love the cleaning up the past. Again, there's I, I just see too many people live and want to hang back there way too long. And so I keep thinking of Al Bundy and um, whatever with that Married with Children, and he keeps he keeps going in the series. I'm Al Bundy. I scored four touchdowns in one game. <laughs> it's always reverting back to that one game, four touchdowns, and here he is married, shoe salesman. But everything goes back to the I scored four touchdowns in one game. So yeah, I see too many people there, and there's nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with going and looking back. Because, one, you can see how far you've come in life and what you were able to get through and beat in life. But it's the old, as a friend of mine, Jan, was saying, her dad would say, to move back in there and stay is wrong. You know, just just go in there, visit for a day or two, and then move them back out into reality. It's not real. Like you said, it's, it's, it's just that you could... You could constantly look at a video, but videos of the past does not constitute your, you know, your living situation today. Is as if you tell me I live, but I live in a, you know, in a theater that I keep looking at either the past uh, videos or I look at, you know, sci-fi about the future. Yeah, but at one point you got to get out of the theater and live among people in, in every every moment. So in your head, if this is what you're doing, that you're either living in the past or living in a you know a way of a future that doesn't exist, and you're constantly scaring yourself. These two, this one, the negative of the past, or even if you're looking at the positive of the past and you're stuck there, that means. From that moment, you don't feel positive going forward because you're stuck on one thing that is positive in the past or all the negative in the past creates depression. When you're constantly making yourself afraid of the future, that creates anxiety. And part of the reason that the research we've done consistently with people with therapy, with people in, uh, we did a research with uh, 300 students in uh, Cal State Long Beach. Um, and the students are one of the have the highest level of depression and anxiety in the whole world, not just United States in the whole world. And uh, we, what we did was actually what was in this book, the life reset. We took, uh, uh, we took the exercises and just gave it for, uh, there were four classes, two professors. We just gave it to the professors to assign it to the students every week they assigned and they worked on one area of their life, like area of intimate relationship, their school and career you know, their relationship with their family and parents, their relationship with their body and their relationship with uh, like finances. So we, we selected some aspects and without any therapist or a coach, just by uh, doing the uh, going through the exercises and journaling, um, we found that they had uh, minimized their depression 64 percent and anxiety 43 percent. When we've done this in the actual therapy setting, we've seen 75% minimization of depression and 63% minimization of uh, anxiety. And um, so those are astonishing results that we've created. And uh, by uh, next fall, 
the fall of 2022, uh, we're actually going to have a course mental health in Cal State Long Beach, which is going to also teach awareness integration. And uh, we're also teaching this in some of the graduate schools at this point for the therapist. So, and we also brought it into the educational world where uh, already we have um, one day care that is used, childcare uh, that is using this for six years and research that is coming out of that is astonishing, James, because the, we're, we're having kids as, as young as two-year-old which is really hard, but to, for them to actually regulate their emotion. I'm serious, like a two-year-old who's supposed to be only having tantrums, right? That's, That's right. what we know. Uh, the two-year-old goes in and you know finds that we created a space for them in, in the daycare where they go. To, it's like a safe place. When they get really agitated, they kind of like walk themselves there and says, I need to be with myself and they'll go to see where the emotion is and they look at it, they name it and then they breathe through it. And then it's like, okay, what do I want now? And, you know, I'm going to go play now. And you can watch this child from age, uh, age two, having the skills of emotional regulation. Um, and that's something that was never taught to us. So we're bringing this also as, as in early development, uh, putting it into school and uh, we're teaching the teachers, uh, we're teaching now to the teachers so they can take it into the school system. So I think that the more we can bring the skills of awareness into a system of learning, teaching, parenting, um, that, you know, people who are raising children learn that they could do it on themselves, for themselves and then self-awareness, you know, groups, uh, exercises, courses, and people who need more. Uh, to be able to go to therapy and we're training therapists so they can actually go uh, into the therapy also to learn. And, you know, people who have had traumas, which they really can't do this on their own. They have to be with another person to walk them through this path. So we're trying to have this available for everybody. I find it fascinating with the two-year-old, one, you know, to be able to comprehend what they're doing at two, but I also found fascinating, but I don't find uh, wrong or or uh, whatever. But when you said that the uh, college students are the ones most anxiety and depressed or what and all. And, and I can understand that because I'm not me personally understanding, but I'm saying I can understand because it seems like one big thing that a lot of these young people are missing out somewhere is like a conflict flick resolution. They think that you've got to battle everything out there and take it on and by yourself. And then, you know, they get beat down by other people, especially on this uh, Internet stuff nowadays. And they get fake accounts and bully anybody they want. And and I, I can see this younger group that are so beat down in life with everything going on that they don't again, they don't understand what to do. They just they're they're living out of I'd say fear, but living out of of what do I do next? Yes, I mean they're coming out of childhood, they're um, entering adulthood, and all the rules changed. You know, these past ten to twenty years, I guess I could tell you the past ten years, rules changed. Um, you know, I'm sixty. I, I kind you know in my time, you kind of knew these are the things you got to do in order to succeed. This is the path you go to succeed. 
And there is none of that. You know, you can become famous in 15 minutes. You can become an influencer. You can become whatever you want uh, at any time. And then yet, you you know, there are paths to take. There are uh, skills you have to do. They go to school. They come up with hundreds of thousand dollars of loans without, you know, still getting paid minimum wage and still not knowing what, uh, you know, what career they want to take. It is such a huge and vast world out there for them as they go from childhood to adulthood that if by any chance they had any type of, um, you know, not nurturing or not a healthy parent or growing up in that way, it becomes very, very confusing. And then there's, you know, the competition is getting higher every day also. So they don't have the skills at all. They don't have skills for managing their emotion, managing their finances, they're, they don't learn that they have, they don't have life skills. And then suddenly they have to be out there to in life. So you could see why their depression and anxiety is at its highest. We still have the highest level of suicide in, in that range. So, um, so yeah, to me, it's one of the groups that I really hope that we could, we could support and help. And, um, you know, hoping that, you know, we could bring this in the educational system overall where we could bring mental health into every single school and bring it in a way that they have skills and not look at mental health only from a mentally ill conversation, but mental health in a way that the person has agency, has in, you know independent thinking and feeling. They can have monitor exactly how their thought and emotions turns into their action and how those actions turns to uh, you know, a result that they are also responsible for. And how can they have the confidence in with this awareness to change, have the ability to assess and change their thought process and emotion and, and action in order to create the results and impact they have. To me, that's the bottom line of, of um, emotional and mental health uh, for kids to have, for all of us to actually have. But to bring it from both sides, whomever, you know, with our age, let's say age 25 and up to look at what's going on, learn it and clean up their past from a childhood for them to clean up. So they don't have a stuckness in the past because they're learning how to clean up as they go. So they don't have all these closets worth of, worth of skeletons waiting, you know, for us to become 30 and then go clean up. And that's another topic in itself. When how many people, especially on the internet that you've seen, somebody's done something and they're bringing up 30 years ago with someone said, and it's ruining their career basically because everything's on this internet and instead of, yeah. So that's a different topic in itself. But uh, uh, other thing with the, uh, I was going to say, I can see with these younger students, whether you want to say college students or whatever, um, they've had to grow up pretty fast because it's technology Whether they intentionally found something bad or unintentionally was introduced to them. They didn't grow up properly because they don't seek mom and dad's advice because if they're intentionally doing it, they're hiding it. And if they're unintentionally, they're ashamed that they was sent and they don't want mom and dad to think bad of them. So now they're having to try to grow up without the correct uh, examples and, 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 forethought 
One of the things that I've noticed, James, and I don't know if you've always uh, looked at this from this angle or not, is that I love cartoons and I love movies, animated movies. So I watch a lot of those. One of the themes that is constant, if you start looking at Pixar, Disney, any of those, it is, and it has been for a long time, um, is that usually the uh, the figure in the movie um, is a is a child who's supposed to defy the parents. It will ridicule the parents and defy the parents, and will go in the world, and the world will be nasty, but it will be kind, and they'll go through all these obstacles, and there will always somebody you know, will come in and throw obstacles and will be damaging. And there's always somebody who will come in and, you know, get them, support them and teach them and hold them and move forward. And then at the end, they come back to the parent, wherever they are and say, see, I shouldn't have listened to you. See where I went. And if I listened to, I would be, uh, I would, you would be holding me back and look what I did. I went and conquered the world and came back. And although there's a lot of positive messages in there, the only part that I wished it wasn't is this concept of having to rebel always against the parents and come back and and show that like the you know the parents were the stupid ones and you're just supposed to jump in the world. Um, that doesn't work. That all the time when yes, there are times when you jump in the world and you do it and you have to do it and you survive the world and you move forward and you find a lot of coping mechanisms. But a lot of people also just don't, don't rely on their family. And um, then, you know, they jump in the world and they clash and they go into drugs and they go into self-destructive. Um, and I understand if, if the family is toxic and is not, you know, the relationships are not that great and they're not supportive. Sometimes you've got to save yourself from it. Uh, but I don't think it's always that. But when you what you just said to me, remember, I remember almost every movie that that's almost the message to the kids. Yeah, and sad when a good cartoon can go that way. Yeah, I'm young enough. My brother and I, or I say old enough, not young enough. I'm not quite the. Uh, it's your. I'm 57, but I remember this time of the year. On Friday night, when they're getting ready to Saturdays, having brand new cartoons, and we used to go shopping with mom and dad, and I would hope to get home in time so I can see the previews Friday night, so I can see what to get up and watch on Saturday morning. And so, yeah, I remember those good old good old days. Now get out of the past, James, and let's get forward. <laughs> so, Bob, all right, hey, Doc, I appreciate you being here. I know you got uh, clients you you got to get to in a minute. Uh, go ahead and. Uh, Promote your books, social media, any workshops, and go ahead and tell people how they can get a hold of you. And I will go ahead, I'll be putting this stuff in the show notes as well, but uh, go ahead for the ones that are listening. Beautiful. Yes, you can definitely go to fujan.com, F-O-O-J-A-N.com, and all will be there. Um, or the, the latest book, especially for public, for, for uh, its life reset. Um, the awareness integration path uh, to uh, create the life you want. You can get that in Fujan.com or Amazon. And this is an exercise. This is a self-help book. People can just go in through the exercise the same way we did it in Cal State Long Beach. And it really has a lot of amazing effect. If you're a therapist or a coach, um, there's also the book Awareness Integration Therapy, which teaches uh, the professionals in how to do that and, and how to do it for their students or their um 
or, or their clients. And um, I'm on all the social media, Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. I love to hear from everybody. I also have I'm, I also have a show at ABC, KMET, 1490 ABC, which is also on podcast, Inner Voice with Dr. Fujan. Um, and um, yeah, I love to hear from people. And um, if, especially if people have read the book or have done the exercises to really hear about how it affected them. Yes, uh, that's that's. You know, we don't need to know that, but it does feel great when you realize that it really did do something to help someone. So, yes. yes. Dr. Fujian, thank you for being here. Again, I'll put those links in the show notes as well. And uh, last thing I want to ask you here, we know that people are hurting and struggling. If you can leave us with a positive message, that'd be awesome and a blessing to all of us. Um, we all deserve to have a fulfilled life. We all deserve to feel happy and content and, um, you know, even feel bliss. We all deserve it. And there is a capability to do that. And although a lot of things might happen, traumas might happen, but suffering around it is optional. You know, letting go and, and uh, coming to terms, healing ourselves and moving forward is our responsibility. And I hope that everyone who's listening takes on that responsibility for themselves and for their next generation to take care of yourself, care of yourself physically and mentally, because you deserve to live in a healthy environment that you create. Thank you. And I love the part where you said uh, the suffering part is optional. I mean, what we go through is going to be suffering enough, but for us to beat ourselves up and re continue reliving, uh, reliving it is yeah, optional. So Dr. Fujian, thank you for coming in. Hey, everyone else that's coming on the replay, be sure to share this out to someone you know that needs some help because we all know somebody needs some help. Okay. They don't have to be going through anxiety and depression. It could be something, I don't know, even a cancer survivor can use some of this uh, information. I'm a spinal cord injury could use this information. So share us out to someone you know that can use some hope and some tips to get through everything. So, hey, I'm Dr. James Perdue, the professor of perseverance himself. Thank you for coming in. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.